Welcome back to It's Technically Romance, where we take a look at Hallmark movies from our different perspectives, mine being the hopeless romantic. And mine being the cynical cinephile. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Hamilton. And today we are taking a look at My Christmas Family Tree. And what a great title. I'm just going to say that right away. I love that title. It is. It's it's very fitting for this movie. There's no, hmm, what what could this mean? <laughs> Why would they choose this title for this movie? It's very on on the nose. Yep, it, it really is. And also, before we get started, I just wanted to uh, thank everyone for hanging in there with us. As you know, we, we got a new puppy who has just been a, a bundle of joy, but also a very big bundle of handful, a handful bundle. <laughs> Of, a bunful of handful. A bunful of handful of uh, of puppy difficulty. A little difficult. She's had a few issues. Uh, we've only had her two weeks now. She's okay, but uh, we've had to, you know, have some trips to the vets and things. So it's just us, you know, being worried as new puppy parents, we've had to take some extra time for her. So, yes, we do appreciate you being very patient with us as we try to get these episodes out as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys very much. And with that said, I also want to say I've never heard this Christmas carol that starts this movie. No, it sounds like Nat King Cole. It's called The Happiest Christmas Tree. What a a great song. I love it when they go a little off script and give me a, a carol I've never heard. Oh, did you Google it? I did not, but I'm assuming that's what it's called because they say that repeatedly in the song. Oh. <laughs> I'm hoping that's what it is. It could be a totally different title. <laughs> um, it kind of sounded like Nat King Cole to me, um, which I it sounded kind of familiar to me, mm-hmm. just because I love Christmas music. It's adding. It's, I'm adding it to our list. Uh, we have we have an ongoing Christmas uh, song list, and it's gonna it's gonna be right up there. <laughs> I have to say, I really loved the intro of this movie. Mm-hmm. The font choices. It's been a minute since we've talked about font because they're it's usually just really bad. Yes. But this one was really cute. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. No, it, it gets a thumbs up from me. Yeah. The song, the font, like the whole intro, it was very, to me, it was very well done. It, to me, a good intro, if it gets you excited for the movie, then it's done its job. Yep. And this one did its job. Yes, it did. With that said, Stephanie, is this movie one that you would watch again with your eyes glued to the screen? Is this one that you might have on in the background while you hang garland around the house and plug in lights? Or is this one that you would never want to see again? This is a definite rewatch for for the hopeless romantic here okay uh we were obviously very excited about this one to Mm -hmm. begin with we had andrew on the podcast and he seemed excited about it too yeah he got i was already excited and talking to him about it got me even more excited Mm -hmm. you know hearing about the premise and it felt a little different and yeah to me it was even better than than i hoped it would be It, it just made me really happy it had that nice a uh, blend of the sentimental, like emotional, but with a little bit of romance in there, the Christmas feels, mm-hmm. like family coziness. Like it was just, it, it was a perfect little movie. So would you watch this one again? I would. I would watch this one again. I, I think this is really almost a, a masterclass in how to make a, a well-done Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. It hit a lot of the notes. There's one little hiccup that we will definitely discuss. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this was a great film. Everyone acted well in it. 
written well, directed well, shot well. It it hit all the notes for me. It felt very traditional to me, but it had some updatedness to it. Updatedness? Sure. Sure. It had some updatedness to it, which really elevated it. So yes, I would definitely watch this one again. And I'm looking forward to watching it again. Maybe when it gets a little bit colder with a, with a mug of hot cocoa. Yes. First we cocoa. First we cocoa. I'll never get over that. It's so good. So how about a how about a little plot summary? I I've been waiting for it. Let's let's lay it down. Okay, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa has spent most of her Christmases without family until she finds a DNA match for her biological father, Richard. She decides to reach out to him where he invites her to spend Christmas with him and his family, and there she meets Christopher, a close friend of the family who helped her break the ice with them. When new information could threaten her happiness, Vanessa learns the truth and finds that family is more than just blood. It's feeling love and joy with the people who make you feel like you're home. Mm. That's, that gave me the Christmas feels just listening to it. Great job. Great job. Well, let's... In this case, it is, it is actually blood, but also, <laughs> you know, blood. there was a chance... We, I didn't know how it was going to end. It was, no. it was getting kind of wacky. Um, well, let's talk about our two main leads. Well, we have, I would say, maybe three main leads. Yes. Yes. So first and foremost, we have Amy T. Garden, who mm-hmm. plays Vanessa. And we've seen Amy, a movie that we know and love, New Year's Resolution, mm-hmm. with Michael Rady. Probably one of our, our favorite non-Christmas movies. It's up there for me. It's definitely up there. And I mean, I knew her way back when as Julie Taylor on Friday Night Lights. I've never seen that, so I will take your word for it. You clear, could be lying to me and I would have no idea. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't <laughs> lose. But no, I loved her in this movie. I don't... Well, I do love New Year's resolution, but I might even I might even say that I loved her even more so in this movie. Hmm. I I will have to think about that. Yeah, I I'm, just I'm not loved... ready to commit yet. I need to watch it for a second time before I commit to something like that. I mean, I just loved her character. Like she makes her own Christmas cards. She did like the cute little secret Santa for her whole entire office. Like it I don't know. She was just super cute in this mm-hmm. movie. Um and then we have, of course, the king of Hallmark, Andrew Walker, Sir Andrew Walker. <laughs> I really feel like we should probably start calling him he Sir Andrew He should be Walker. Hallmark knighted. Like it is like a golden crown, right? Yeah, so, there you go. It, yeah. it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Um, he plays Christopher, mm-hmm. the, the family friend, not related, thank goodness. Oh my goodness, how, how awkward. <laughs> yes, definitely not related. There were some uh, questions there, but not thankfully, related. yeah. And then, yeah, he was great per usual. Yeah, for me, though, I, I felt like, I don't know, I, I really, really liked him in this role. Mm-hmm. I mean, we always like him, but something about this role, how he played it, I, he was just extremely charming and just, it fit him like a glove, this role. I don't know what it was about him, but this was an awesome role for him. Yeah, it was a little different. You know, this movie wasn't like romance heavy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that breaks my heart. But it actually, I didn't mind it for this one because there was so much more to it. And I feel like we're seeing that a little bit more this year with the Hallmark yeah. movies. That it's not all about the romance. It's about many other aspects about friendships and family and community and things like that. So this movie had all of the elements, including the romance. Uh, and they did not... 
they did not disappoint us in the the romance department for no, sure. No, they really didn't. And then we have the lovely James Tupper, mm -hmm. who plays uh, Vanessa's biological father. He plays Richard, and man, oh man, he was great. Uh, I've seen him before. I don't know if you have. I'm not sure that I have. No. He's in like Big Little Lies. Uh, Andrew talks a bit about him in our episode that we that we talked to him. Mm -hmm. um, he was also the dad in Revenge, which is a show that I used to watch. Yes, Revenge. Yes, I remember yeah. you talking about that. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you know he's he's a newcomer to Hallmark, and I just I yeah I really enjoyed him in this character, and I think he did such a great job. Like Andrew had mentioned, the way he navigates you know this situation with his family and everything. Um, and how he responds to Vanessa. And mm -hmm. there's just some really, really nice moments with him. Um, very genuine, uh, I would say, with his character. And yeah, I really, I really thought, I, I really loved him in this part. Yeah, there, there are really, there's, there are a lot of great moments with him, with different characters in this film. Uh, it was written beautifully and acted beautifully by him. And I've also noticed a trend with Hallmark where they're getting some, some really great actors to come in for these father figure roles. If we think of Christmas Sale with Terry O'Quinn, who just was amazing in that role mm. as well, mm -mm -mm. It, it, seems, it seems like we're getting a lot of, uh, it seems like Hallmark is bringing in a lot of talent for these, these father roles. And I think that's awesome because they're very pivotal in some of these movies and each person just seems to be knocking it out of the park. Yeah, this was a very important role. I mean, I would say almost that the the main focus of this movie is the Vanessa and Richard relationship mm -hmm. that uh, Christopher is just kind of like, like he's okay. And Christopher, she meets him and there's, a, but the, the main focus, the main heart of this movie is the father daughter relationship. And yeah, these two played it beautifully. Yeah, they, they really did. They really did. But what a, what a testament though, for romance to be built in, in such a time, if the main focus is between the father daughter having the romance there, like, man, and I think the, the romance really starts at this meet cute. And let me say, let me just say, Andrew Walker walking out of that car and the outfit that he's rocking, button down shirt, coat, scarf. I mean, how could she not just be head over heels for him right there? Yeah, uh, Andrew Walker knows how to meet cute. <laughs> Um, that, should, that, should, that should be the quote because really, I mean, he just he just brings it like that scene to me. Uh, I couldn't believe it. You know, we we mentioned uh, earlier for our season two that we, you know, were tossing around some ideas for merch. I just that's a great idea. We should make a shirt that says Andrew Walker knows how to meet cute. Mm, patent pending. Andrew, give us the OK for that and we will have them made. <laughs> We'll start taking orders after. Right away. Right away. Right away. Super cute, meet cute. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just so genuine. I mean, and that's one of the reasons why we love him so much. But all involved in this meet cute, uh, we have her and her friend mm -hmm. and the cutest little dog ever. I mean, not cuter than our Penny, but uh, Mickey, the cute little Yorkie. I believe it was a Yorkie. And he's just so personable and so friendly and just like, hey, like... Hey guys. And you know, you talk about that button down. I feel like most of his buttons were a little lower than. Yeah, no, than, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. There's some deep V's. Some, yeah, deeper, deeper V's. Um, and I, 
I wasn't complaining. But uh, but even before then, so I know this isn't a typical meet cute because it's between a father and a daughter. But before she meets Christopher, I do want to quickly say the meeting with her and Richard, um, which happens beforehand, was a, to me. I don't know if we've seen anything like this in a Hallmark movie. And they they literally are just sitting on a bench talking. And that's the scene. And I just felt like it felt, it was so real. Yeah. And that conversation, just, just them sitting and talking. It just, I don't know. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, even from the phone conversation that they have, you know, that sort of awkward phone conversation yeah. uh, to that, it was, it was great. And to me, when, <laughs> for me, when, if I have a main fault with this film, if I had to pick something, is that these people are just so perfect. There's no real flaw that I can see in any of them. And so it's almost a little, it's almost too, it's too perfect for me at times because they're just so wonderful. But it, that's me being very nitpicky. Well, I have a flaw with Richard. Uh, I've got a little bone to pick with him. Go actually. ahead, pick that bone. Um, so it seems as though he has not prepped his his children. Right? I, I thought that too. You're absolutely right. When she gets there, when, so she goes on this, you know, the car ride. So, you know, Christopher takes her up to the family. You know, he agrees to drive her up. Yeah, and nothing exciting happens on this car ride home. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. Nope. They don't They don't stop anywhere. Nope. They don't get coffee. They don't get peppermint eggnog served to them by, you know, a certain waiter that looks ta- a tad familiar to us. I mean, this waiter looked exactly, I don't know if you caught this. I don't know if anyone else caught this too. We might be the only podcast. We might be the only ones that are talking about this. But uh, Tyler Hines makes a cameo, and well, it's someone that looks exactly like Tyler Hines. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't find it on IMDb, so <laughs> I don't know if it was him or not. Um, if he could if he could confirm or deny, that'd be, great. That'd be great. Um, but I mean, if he if it's not him, he has a twin brother out there. Uh, but it was it was really funny because when this happens. You know, I'm, I'm getting us, you know, some cocoa. And all of a sudden, I, I hear Stephanie scream. And I'm like, what, what is going okay, on? Okay, scream is a bit dramatic. A shout. I hear a, a shout. It's a bit dramatic. A shout. Uh, and yet, Tyler Hines is on the screen. And to me, I don't know if we've ever had a cameo like this before. And no. I love it. I think it's a very clever thing. Obviously, I think Andrew Walker needs to return the favor and cameo into Tyler Hines' film. And they need to keep doing it because it just makes that world feel so much fun um it, it was a great scene i loved it and you almost like can see andrew and tyler just like like looking at each other like people are gonna go crazy for this. How, how many how many takes did that scene take because i i would just be cracking up if that was and movie. i love it because in that scene chris is telling vanessa oh and like it cuts into that scene and he's like and this is why i come here all the time and i'm thinking for the waiters is that why you come here Yes, exactly. It, I mean, it's it's why I would go there, and and also for the peppermint eggnogs. Uh, so that was a really neat thing to do. Uh, I hope they do it more. And it got you know everybody kind of buzzed about it and everything. And Andrew even said this this funny line on on the Twitters where he's like, uh, "I've always wanted to be in a Tyler Hines film, and now I am." So it was pretty pretty hilarious. So after that, after that cool scene, we get we get to the family, and you're absolutely right. It seems like he did not prep his family at all. No, it's a little strange because the kids are not super fans uh, of Vanessa <laughs> not at first. Super fans, yeah. They definitely are not super fans of her. But I mean, right away you get a feel for the type of person that Chris is because he gives her this like 
really sweet like pep talk before they get out of the car like letting her know like if you need to hear this and he's like telling her how wonderful Richard is and what a great family these people are and like you can tell she's really like accepting it and it really does calm her down but yeah he just seems like the warmest guy you're right like all of these people just seem so perfect like they're just so wonderful yeah and normally I don't like that. Normally, I need a little bit of a character flaw in there. But, but I bought it. I bought it too. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know what it was about this film. I was like, not bothered. I was like, all right, this seems realistic to me. Even though it's not, it, it, it works. And even, you know, talking about just wonderful characters, the Richard's wife, who, I mean, Pauline. my goodness. Pauline is the best. I mean, my goodness. If she, most understanding person ever, doesn't even bat an eye. Just extreme, I mean, this whole, you know, idea about family and welcoming and just so gracious, just this, I think, is what got me excited, just seeing how they welcomed her, you know, not obviously the kids at first, but Richard and his wife and Christopher, it was just great. I mean, I think if Richard had maybe sat the kids down (laughs) and explained to them what was actually going to be happening, they may have, you know, reacted a little differently. But oh, uh, shame on you, Richard. Come Richard on. was very busy. He was very busy. <laughs> Speaking of Pauline, um, yes. there's this really wonderful scene where they're making s'mores out on this. Can we talk about this house also the, mm-hmm. that they live in? Talk about perfect. Um, they're they're making s'mores out in their like back, like screened in patio with like a fire pit in there. Just beautiful. And they're talking about, you know, Vanessa being like the half sister. Right. And Pauline is like, I don't really like the term half-sister. She's like, you know, family is family. Like, you're sisters, and and that's that. And you're just like, oh, my God. Your heart just melts, and you're like, Pauline, man, yeah, Pauline, you're the best. (laughs) Well, that line, I'm glad you brought that up. That line really hit home with me because I have two half-brothers. Yeah. And to me, it's like I've, I've never thought of them as half. They've always been brothers to me. And so when she said that, uh, it just, it hit home for me. And there's a few lines in this film that do, but that particularly, that really hit home. Yeah, I thought that was really good. And speaking of the house they just brought up, so, you know, we've, we've mentioned it before that it seems like Hallmark is kind of pulling back on their decorating budget. They're not going just crazy in there. This house is crazy. And we have garland everywhere to a ridiculous amount, like garland literally everywhere. Like they were saving the it all posts. for this movie. I, I think so. But the, the great thing about it, because normally I'd be like, okay, this is unrealistic. The great thing about it is that there's actually a reason for it. You know, Richard talks about how, you know, his wife Pauline is highly competitive and wants to have the best house. And so it's like, oh my goodness, you've given a reason for it. And so now I'm not wondering why the house looks like it does, which is just Christmas to the nines. No, it's because they're the perfect family. And of course their house <laughs> would look like this. And, you know, I didn't think it was overkill because I, I have felt that yes sometimes it does feel like unbelievable this to me felt believable like i never felt like oh my god like like they would really decorate like this i thought it was beautiful and tasteful and if i had the money and the means i would definitely decorate my house as such it was too much for me like i said it reminded me of the old school hallmark ones the only reason i think you can get away with it is because they gave a reason for it that outside that front lawn i am pauline and that's who you're with, and you just need to get used to it. <laughs> Our house is going to be like the the building block for all Hallmark movies in the yeah. future. Uh, I'm taking notes. 
let's uh, let's talk a little technical though, if we may. Sure. So our DP is Sean Seifert, who also handles the lighting in this. Shout out Sean. Shout out Sean. If you guys haven't listened to our interview with him, please do. Just a wonderful man. Uh, really great insight into how this process works. And so if you want to see, again, how a well-lit Hallmark movie looks like, this is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I love his style. Just beautifully lit all the way through. Warm yellow light again coming through. Balanced with some, you know, natural white light from the windows. You know, if I had a few critiques, it would be that, you know, things got really soft at times. You know, we lost some of that shadowing on the face. Because I know that Sean does like a little shadowing. And so I'm wondering if the director had a hand in that. If the director was like, no, no, we want to go soft here. Because it was almost very dreamlike. If you looked at the windows, the window blinds were, were closed most of the time. They had these white curtains. And what that does is once light comes through the window, hits the curtains, it creates a soft box, right? Mm-hmm. It softens the light. The light was insanely white. Like you couldn't see detail on those windows. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, see, I like that look. I like the soft, dreamy, glowy mm-hmm. look. I know a lot of people do. To me, do. when I, like, even if I hadn't known that Sean did this movie, I would have felt like, did Sean do this movie? No, is he, Because I feel like well I'm done. getting a feel for his style. Yeah. And to me, this felt, I, I can only describe like his lighting style as like dreamy to me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a fan of that, that, that soft glow personally. No, I, I think, yes, it, it was a little too, too dreamy for me. But again, <laughs> the lighting is just done so well. Like technically speaking, extremely well. Just not my style for this one. A little too much. Yeah. The words too dreamy are not <laughs> in my vocabulary. You were... Sean, you can never be dreamy enough for me. So you loved it. I loved it. All right. So a little romance. Mm-hmm. Um you know, even though it was sprinkled throughout, I think they did a great job with it. Um, I love, this was like a, a really interesting premise to me, having Chris be, he's almost like her like protector. Like I love how he just seemed very protective of her, like right yeah. from right from the start, um, you know, trying to get the kids to like her, trying to break the ice with them and, you know, just keep, he keeps coming, check in on her, like seeing how she's doing and it's just like the sweetest thing. And I love that they had that initial alone time together with yeah. the drive. So to me, that makes it, it make sense. It makes more sense that he would be already falling for her because they had that alone time and he's just seeing how she is with, you know, this family that he's come to know and love as his own family. So yeah, I just loved the progression of that relationship. No, I, I think that's a great, great uh, comment you've made that, he does seem like her protector, and I think that's why we're able to buy this romance so quickly, at least in my eyes, because he's he's almost like you know the the knight in shining armor for her, where he just keeps, like you said, checking on her. And so I buy that uh, relationship building, and I think a large part of that is because he is protecting her. He's, he's making sure she's okay. I think I think it's a great a great point. Yeah, and you know he he just he feels very comfortable with her, so he starts mm-hmm. opening up. You know, and he explains that his parents died and he became close with the family because his father and Richard were, you know, did tours together in, in the army. I I think that he feels the this sort of bond with her because, you know, he came into this family yeah. after his parents died. As an outsider. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. 
and and so now she now she is doing the same in a way and so I think that's maybe why he feels so protective of her and he also sees how much she appreciates the family right you know because they mean so much to him and there's this line that she tells him she's like I understand why you come back every year and she says it kind of feels like a gift and I just oh, thought, oh I'm my getting God. a little teary, like he's saying that. What a great line. And he's just, he's just looking at her like, like he's like taking it in and realizing like how much she really is appreciating yeah. all of it. Um, well, well, it's such a beautiful scene too, when he's, you know, kind of opens up and they're walking through the, the tree farm mm-hmm. and he really opens up there. And I, I love that scene. It was, it was shot well, obviously lit well and just really touching. And Walker just, I, I feel like crushed this scene. You know, he's very vulnerable. We say this a lot of times that he's really great at handling, you know, the, the funny moments, the witty moments, but then he's able to just switch it and go to a very vulnerable side. And this scene in particular was, was done extremely, extremely well for me. Oh, yeah. He brought it for sure with this performance. Mm-hmm. And man, if anyone knows how to give a look, you know, I talk about the looks. Mm-hmm. It's not always in the words. It's, you know, it could just be in a glance and a look. And there are looks that only Andrew Walker can give. (laughs) Like he does these lookovers with her. There's a scene where they're like eating popcorn and he is just, he's like eating his popcorn and he's just like looking at her. Like you can tell he just really like, it's almost like this admiration for her and this like, it just, it feels so genuine and so real. And I feel like I don't know many actors that can do it quite like he does. The lookover, I like that the lookover because I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's yeah, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. But it's not in like a like I say lookover. That doesn't sound as romantic. But it's like he is. He's like looking her over, but it's like he's like seeing into her soul or something. <laughs> like it's just. Well, that's why it works. That's that's why it works. You know, that's why you're able to get this romance right away even though a lot of the focus is on is on the family yeah there's an, there's another great line you know we should really shout out the the screenwriter here because i love this line richard says it to vanessa nothing is by chance you're meant to be here mm. you know that again again i think that just shows you what a great person this this richard character is like unbelievable like uh, he's just handling this so well just so open and just a great line and a great scene but Yes, I would agree. Um, and so props to the writer Mark Hefty mm-hmm. for, for this movie. It's such such a warm-hearted uh, story. And I don't know if this was like a personal story for him, um, but it felt really personal. Yeah, felt the way real. The way it was written. And yeah, just beautiful job. Yeah. So I'll bring up a little technical here, if I may. Once again, I, I feel like we had some audio issues they had, you know, the music was was pretty intense at times. The cheesy music was a little intense for me. And some issues with dubbing. You know, we had some some dubbing, which was pretty noticeable. How did, how did you feel about the audio? Maybe I'm being too picky now. Maybe I'm being too cynical. I noticed the jingle a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it didn't feel, it didn't feel bothersome to me. Okay. Like, you know, how it can. Oh, I know. Um, I do know how it can be. Uh, so, no, I thought, I thought the music was fine. It didn't, I never felt like it took away from, from the story or from the scenes. Yes, there, there was some dubbing. To me, the only dubbing that seemed a bit out of, um, whack, out of whack was when, uh, Amelia, the young girl is like in the pageant and she goes into singing. And I've talked about this, how they do like singing 
it's like a recording, you know. Um, and that hurt. The mouth was a little off from from that lip sync, but well, not even the mouth. It's just the the audio. It, it felt like we were listening to a recording. And what was so odd is that in this film, we have a lot of instances where they're actually singing. Yeah, you know, there and, is and I a, love that. There is a lot of caroling in this movie. <laughs> There's a lot of caroling, and and I love it. I yeah. I have not caroled in a in a really really long time. I don't know if you've ever been caroling. Yeah, I've, I've been. I've done a carol or two. Yeah, uh, it's so fun. I and I and I haven't done it since I was like middle school or something like that. But one thing I really respect about the character of Richard is that he is a really committed caroler. <laughs> he is. He's not the best singer, but it that's okay because it you know it's all from the heart mm -hmm. this man close he like closes his eyes <laughs> when he's caroling like he really gets into it and like deep in feeling and it was so good and i just love how james tupper played it and even though you know singing a little off key i just thought it was beautiful because you could tell it it was it was bringing him joy like he really enjoys caroling and to me it felt very believable yeah and I, and I loved it i mean the man knows good king wenceslas which is which is my favorite one and he, like you said he brought it and everyone else seemed to to have brought it as well and i think it's it makes the movie feel so much better when you actually have that kind of singing as opposed to like a pre-recorded thing because you you can tell and it just doesn't seem realistic and it takes you out yeah. It's, it's like bad camera work, you know? You can tell immediately that you're watching a movie. It just, it just takes you out. Yeah, I'd rather something be a little off-key and it be more believable than having, like, a perfectly mm -hmm. recorded, I agree. you know, I agree. Uh, like, voiceover. But mm -hmm. another really great thing about this movie, and we've talked about they're doing this a lot more in the Hallmark movies, which is just excellent, is uh, showcasing different cultures. Yes, and so, glad you're talking about this. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was so neat that, you know, they brought in that his family is Norwegian. And so they talk about some of the, the Norwegian phrases and the food. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just thought that was really neat. I did too. It was, it was a neat touch. It wasn't heavy handed or mm -hmm. anything. It was just, it was what they did because they had this heritage. And I, I thought it was wonderful, especially with, you know, when the grandmother comes in and, the way she was with Vanessa and explaining their tradition. It was just, I, yeah, I love that. You know, there's, there's a scene where Christopher is talking with Vanessa. I think it's at the ice skating rink. And he's talking about how, you know, he's, he's just pretty good at things. You know, he's, he's pretty good at this, pretty good at that. He's not, he's not great at anything. And, man, there, there was something about that scene. I, I just completely connected with that. Because, you know, I feel like I can, I can resonate with that. You know, I can really you know, feel that because that's how I feel, you know, like I'm pretty good at a lot of stuff and I'm not great at any one thing. Mm, except, I would, I would disagree with well, that. Well, I mean, except, you know, he says that he's great at underwater basket weaving <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I had to Google it. I had to Google what underwater basket weaving was. I mean, we assume he's joking, but we don't know Christopher that well. So I know maybe, he maybe he really is good yeah. at underwater basket. Weaving. So it is like, it's apparently it's like a, a jokey thing that people say like, Oh, I'm good at underwater basket weaving, but it's a thing. People actually do it. There's, there's photos, there's videos online of people underwater basket weaving. So, you know, it, you know, in case there are people out there that feel like they're pretty good at things, just know, there's something out there that you can be great at. That's my that's my TED talk. Thank you for coming to my TED talk today. That was really that was really great uh, and moving. <laughs>
no, I love the ice skating scene because they cannot ice skate. And I <laughs> love that they put this in this movie. Although, I don't know. I just, I feel like I, I've uh, met a few or quite a few Canadians that are really mm. good on the ice. Yes. A lot, of, you know, there are lots of fans of hockey. and It is cold up there. So there is a lot of cold, ice a lot to of skate ice. on. Um, so I'm not sure if Andrew is a really great ice skater. But if you are... You, I mean, this goes to show just how amazing of an actor he is because he looks like he's really bad at ice skating. So we, we I, need to know. We need to. Know. We need to know. But so did Amy T. Garden. Like they're tripping over each other, and I just thought it was really funny because a lot of times, you know, we have the fake like ice shuffle. What do we talk about yeah, in the it's, other it's the episode? It's the ice shuffle. Yep. The yeah. The CCB ice shuffle. Yeah. They're not even really trying to ice skate, but they look like they are. Um, so I appreciate that we had two people that did not know how to ice skate and it just showed them, you know, tripping all over each other. It just made for a really cute and funny scene. I agree. I totally agree. You know, a lot of this movie is about like the family and I really love how they had Vanessa spend time with each of the kids. I did too. Vanessa like saved Christmas basically. She really did. I'm like, what did you guys do before Vanessa came? Like (laughs) what's Christopher doing? Is Christopher not doing anything? Come on. He's he's underwater basket weaving. I mean, that's true. Uh, you know, he's definitely underwater basket weaving and uh, flirting, underwater basket weaving and flirting. But one of my, she has some really sweet scenes with all of the kids, her and Amelia, they're like stringing along the pop ki- popcorn garland, with cranberries. It's a really cute scene. And, you know, the, the Aiden, the, the boy sort of bonding with Mickey, her little dog. And well, he, he bonds with her too. I mean, you know, he's in sixth grade. He brings her coffee in the morning to her door. Yeah. I mean, that is service. I mean, my brothers never did anything like that for me. <laughs> they brought me pain. That's all my brothers brought me was pain, never coffee. <laughs> um, but I have to say, and this is like one of the most like subtlest scenes. And, and I don't know if you caught this, but I just thought it was brilliant. It's when they're making the gingerbread houses. Mm-hmm. And Vanessa and Christopher are doing a really poor job. They're messy. It's messy. I love that he's like, she's like, that's way too much icing. And he's like, I mean, I assumed if it's the glue that's what's holding this together, well, you know, more of it would be a good thing, <laughs> which I'm thinking, that's actually clever logic, Christopher. I, I, I got <laughs> it you. It doesn't work in this case. I got you. Um, but they bring up the fact that Vanessa has basically lost all of the memorabilia or like photos and things that her mother left her um, in her foster family's basement was mm-hmm. flooded. And so she lost everything. So it becomes like they're having fun and then it kind of like the mood goes way down. It takes a turn. And it just feels a little somber, a little, everyone's kind of like, oh man, you know, looking at her, like feeling sorry for her. And Caitlin, the, the eldest daughter, she... She, she notices this and I love like the camera shifts to her and she gets this like look on her face and she hasn't fully warmed up to Vanessa yet at this point. But this to me is like the breaking point where she sees, you know, this kind of sadness in the moment and is feeling for Vanessa. And she's like, you can kind of like see the wheels turning in her head. And she's like, how can I, you know, how can I fix this? And she she decides to like make to diss their their gingerbread house (laughs) and so she just kind of looks at him and she's like so like is that 
you know, is that supposed to look like that? Or did you guys like drop it or whatever? <laughs> and then everyone starts laughing. And I don't know if you caught that, but I just I thought like it just melted my heart. Look like I could you. tell that mm. she really was like that. She really was like trying to make her laugh and like feel better because she could see that she was sad in the moment. That's and a, I just thought that was such a brilliant, brilliant scene. That it really is. It's very subtle, too. And yeah, you picked up on all the cues. And you mentioned the camera work again. Very motivated camera if it started moving over towards her. And, yeah. You know, I haven't really talked about the camera. We talked about lighting. But the camera is it's wonderful, very motivated. There was never any issue. There was never a moment where I was like, okay, we've got a wandering camera here. You know, keep it back. Very well done. Yeah, it was just something so simple, but it felt so important to me. And, you know, it just, to me, that was like sort of the breaking point where she, you know, warmed yeah. up to her. And then they go like shopping together. And, you oh, know, the shopping scene is super cute. I, I love that. Yeah. You know, they're, they're bonding over and she's helping with their dress and dancing. How do you know if a boy likes you? And it... Yeah, the family, you know, we talk about this where, you know, like you said in the beginning, where romance isn't really at the forefront, family can be at the forefront and it still works. The only time when it doesn't work is when business is at the forefront. Thank you for not having any sort of, of business to worry about here. There was no pitch decks, you know, no PowerPoints. It was just all wonderful Christmas times. And also, you know, I just mentioned the camera too. You know, Sean in our interview had talked about a dinner scene because dinner scenes are extremely hard to film uh, because there's so many people and you have to get so many ang angles and so much coverage. And he had mentioned that there was a you know, dinner scene coming up. There was like eight people or something in it. I think this was the film that he was talking about because there are a ton of people that he had to film for this dinner scene and he did an awesome job for it. Yes. And I mean, I would have never thought like, I would have never thought about it until, you know, he brought it up. And then when you realize like, oh, wow, yeah, I guess that would be a difficult scene to shoot. Yeah. I mean, because you have to get so much coverage, so many different lenses on every individual at the, at the table. So, yeah, great, great work. So one thing we haven't really talked about, and I'm sure you guys are wondering why, is the DNA test and how they keep calling her and letting her know that she's not the real daughter. And why we haven't done that is because that's basically the conflict of this film that we get pretty early on you know that is the central conflict of this movie and let's let's talk about that stephanie because because you all know how we feel about conflict in hallmark films yeah this one to me i didn't mind it what i minded was that we don't get a resolution for mm. it i mean we do in a way but not like full resolution there's there's no explanation and yeah we i mean for those of you that, that haven't seen this basically you know, they, they call her and say, hey, there's a mix-up. There's another Vanessa out there. You're not the real daughter. Um, this other person is. And we never find out how that happens because it turns out she is the real daughter. And we don't we don't find out sort of... What was the mix-up? I'm assuming the mix-up mix was just maybe maybe she's not 5% uh, West African. I don't know. Uh, or whatever the percentage was. Like, there's something maybe with the lineage... Of the percentages of like the different. Well, no, because they said there's another daughter out there. There's someone else named Vanessa Hall, I thought. No, they didn't mention the daughter. They don't mention the paternity part. Oh, they don't. They just say there was a mix-up with your results. There is another Vanessa Hall. Okay. And there was a mix-up. So I so, don't think they mention the the paternal match all at right. all. All right. So maybe the way I looked at it, because it didn't really bother me uh, too much, because I, at this point I'm like, all right, that's fine. It was just a little Christmas magic. Just a little Christmas magic to bring everyone together. You know, a little Christmas magic. Yeah, because Richard could not find the photo of 
Patricia, and he looked Patty, everywhere. Trish. And he, I mean, we don't know. He may have just quickly sifted through. But he does magically find it pretty quickly mm-hmm. in the end. Christmas magic. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny because at the beginning, you know, they're talking about her mom's name and he calls her, he calls her Trish and she's like, oh, you mean Patty? And at that point, that is a huge red flag for me. I would have been asking for another DNA test if that's it. They're, they're not the same. They're not the same name. It's not like a nickname. So I was confused why they didn't dig into it. And it was actually big shout out to Hallmark Snark, which is another podcast out there. Lovely podcast. You guys should definitely check it out. They got it. They figured out that Patty was Patricia. I didn't see it coming. I, I felt like a fool when I didn't see it. Yes. Uh, that Trish, Patricia, right. or Patty. Patty, Could Patricia. have multiple nicknames I couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah. oh, it's right in front of my face the whole time. I felt like I was watching an episode of Scooby-Doo and I was like, oh, I can't believe I missed this one. So, I mean, the one thing I don't like, though, about this conflict is that when she, you know, has inklings that she might not be the real daughter, she doesn't tell anyone. She tries to tell them, and this is one of those tropes that drive me mad because it's the most unrealistic trope out there where, you know, you're interrupted and you you just move on. You don't tell them. And, like, I know it's hard and it's embarrassing, but even after that interruption, you just need to tell them. And I hate, I hate that in these movies. See... This one didn't bother me because I felt this one seemed actually more believable to me because there were so many people involved. So normally if it's just like a man and a woman and something gets found out and they can't tell the other person or they have like, you know, in like advice to love by 50 million chances to tell the person and they don't like to me, that's less believable and that's more frustrating. I don't know what I would have done. I honestly was trying to put myself in Vanessa's shoes and thinking like, what would I have done in this situation? Because she already has like, she's basically trapped here. She's in this home with these people. She doesn't have a car. She she is trapped. Yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah. These are all like, and there is a ton of people. Like the whole extended family shows up and it's just like a house full of people and they're all embracing her and loving on her and feeding her amazing food. And, you know, just... I mean, what do you, like, what would you do? You know, I mean, I could imagine how difficult that would be to have to be like, so by the way. Well, what I wouldn't do is interrupt a, a, a funny face photograph. That's what I wouldn't do. <laughs> I know. I mean, right? She, she could have waited for the funny face to, to be done. Most but... awkward time. I mean, what I would have done and what I think would have been the more realistic thing is just pull Richard aside and be like, hey, just so you know. You know, they're, they're saying that I might not be your daughter, you know, just have that conversation. And so that to me was just so unrealistic. And the, the really the one big qualm I have with this film is that she keeps trying to tell them and just something happens. And it just I hate it every time. Oh, yeah. See, I to me, I felt it like I could feel her fear. She was scared. Yeah. So to me, because there were so many people involved and like kids and stuff, I, I, I bought it and I understood why she kept holding back. And she does tell when she finally just, she's ready to burst and she's just like, I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't do this to you guys anymore. Um, which I actually thought was a pretty clever scene that, you know, the, the shutter goes off right as she tells them. So we get a nice shot of their, all of their faces (laughs) when, when she, uh, tells them. Yeah. I mean, and. We also get the uh, that scene. I guess it's like her her uncle or something when her friend comes to pick her up, and he's like, "Oh, so let me guess, you're the real daughter," you know. So it's like the the extended family. It's like a little line, a little throwaway line, 
but it kind of shows that the extended family is like, look, this is a crazy thing. We don't know what's going on kind of deal. Yeah, it was a, a little bit of a little while you were sleeping moment, you sure. know, when Sandra Bullock has to tell all of the family. I mean, I love that movie. And she goes, the she lies to that family the whole entire movie. <laughs> so, you know, when she has to tell the whole family, I'm not really Peter's fiance. And if you know, you know. But, uh, so that scene kind of reminded me a little bit of that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just felt so bad for her. Um, I felt bad for everyone. It it was super awkward. I I hated that they let her go too. I mean, I think because Richard's not that type of person and neither is Pauline to have just let her walk out. So I think it was just like the shock of it all. And they were kind of absorbing that because Pauline's like, this is a perfect time for cocoa. Let's round up and get some cocoa on the table. Yeah, Pauline keeps deflecting. I think Pauline is, she's like, I cooked all this food. I we mean, got it. We got it. We got it. No. Uh, Richard actually does. He he almost feels like he's trying to say, but I mean, what do you do? Like, I think he's battling with, man, I really loved that I thought you were my daughter and yeah. you were fitting into and our family. And now there's this other Vanessa. And, and he's like, so, you know, what do I do? But yeah. he he is kind of like vocally trying to be like, well, wait, you know, when she's ready to leave, but he feels like she feels uncomfortable. And so it, he's it's just... An awkward, it's an awkward situation for everyone. It really is. Yeah, and I have to say, again, James Tupper, this performance, like the the awkward moments with him are so good. Like he does this kind of like clearing his throat a lot. Like when you can tell like he feels awkward, which is such like a natural, normal, like mm-hmm. human thing to do. And so I just thought that little touch that he added to that character was just uh, perfect. It really was. And, and even, you know, just real quick, uh, I know we're kind of wrapping up here, but the scene where Christopher is talking to him about how He's like, I'm not sure how this works, but I like Vanessa and I, I'd like your permission. Like it beautiful scene. And it, it's really fun just to see them, to see those two actors together and just kind of riffing off each other. And I, lo- I love that scene in particular. Yeah, they were great together. Yeah. And I love because like Richard almost like looks like he's going like, yeah, to come yeah, at come him on. with his fist. But then he like kind of just grabs yeah, him. Doesn't like, he say like, I'm not ready for young suitors? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so good. It was great. Uh, so yeah, obviously, you know, Richard sends off. Uh, Christopher to go after her well because he you know Christopher saying like oh wow like this is so I mean it's such a crazy situation right so mm-hmm. and he's like what I mean now she's all alone like she got presents for everyone and he's like she even got a present for me and so <laughs> so Richard is like well open it and Let's so, see what it is so he opens it and we didn't mention this before but oh my gosh I don't know I get. I mean, I guess this isn't. This goes to Mark Hefty, the writer. But what a great little thread to to put, and it like harkens back from the beginning yeah. of when they first meet. Full the meet cute. He brings up. He's carrying her luggage to the car, and he says, "What do you have in here? Gold?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, with frankincense and myrrh." <laughs> and then he says this funny little story about how when he was a kid, he thought it was Frankenstein and myrrh and. It was just like a really cute little thing. And, you know, then you kind of just forget about it. Not Vanessa, because she's amazing. (laughs) He opens the gift and there's like, you know, these little like wooden figurines of like Mary and Joseph and and the wise men. men. And then there in the middle is a little like Frankenstein little action figure. It's awesome. It is such a great gift. And of course, that spurs him into action, like an awesome, awesome gift and an awesome callback to the beginning of the movie. Well, yeah. Very well done. And that the laugh that the that Christopher gives when he opens it is just like the most genuine laugh. Yeah. It almost made me feel like was this like was 
when they did the scene, was he not was he not aware of like what was gonna be in the box? Because that's like how real box. how real that laugh was. And I just I just thought that was so clever. Yeah. So the family, you know, soon follows after him. You know, they realize Richard finds the photo and they, they go after her. Um, and this this whole scene feels very similar to It's a Wonderful Life at the end of that film, which is funny because that family, Richard's family, watches It's a Wonderful Life earlier in the movie, but it, it's weird because we don't see the film. You know, normally, you know, we see like a little clip of it, of them all sitting around watching it. Not here. They didn't pay for the rights, I guess, because all we see is like a flickering screen and they're playing the song. So that's how classic this, this Christmas movie is. All you need is the song and people are like, oh yeah, it's a wonderful life. Yeah, what a great movie. Mm-hmm. So they show up. Christopher comes a little late. We're like, where's Christopher? He should be here by now. She looks a little worried. Like, Christopher's not here. He left before you. He shows up at the tree. Awesome. Brings it into the apartment. Family's watching. I think this is where you, you take over. Yeah, well, I do want to mention that I thought, again, there's like a another hearkening when Vanessa is at her her work. She, you know, works in an office where she helps uh, foster families. Um, she helps bring families together, uh, foster families. And one of the foster families shows up in her office and they like give her a Christmas gift and it's really sweet. And then they're like, oh, we have a surprise for you. And they're like caroling for her <laughs> in the beginning, this family that she brought together and they're like singing for her in the office and it's mm-hmm. really sweet. And man, if they didn't get me with her now, her real family, she has her own real family. Now at the end, they show up mm. caroling for her outside of her window. Another not at the beginning. Yeah. I know. And I just thought that was so genius. So heartwarming. It brought a tear to my eye and I just, yeah, I love that scene. I just thought it was, it was wonderful. But then yes, we do have Chris showing up with the tree and, you know, they have this whole little talk where he's like saying, you know, she's like, oh, talking about how she fell in love with the family. And he's like, well, you weren't the only one falling in love. And, um, you know, obviously he's, he fell in love with her and it's wonderful um, and then they move behind the tree. <laughs> yeah, she's like, let's uh, move. <laughs> they know what's about to happen. And and we get a kiss. And it, and it's a it's a nice kiss. It's a good kiss, I would well, say. Well, I mean, nice, good. These are not what I want to hear for a kiss. What On your, your wet campfire scale, where are we at? Where yeah, we at? so we have wet campfire, which is like a nothing. Dud. Yeah. dud. Not feeling anything. There is uh, also some kindling has, mm-hmm. has shown up to the party if it's like... <laughs> Not quite starting the fire yet, but it's it's there's possibility right. there. And then we have f- sparks, like full-on sparks. This is like a, a nice little fire going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if it's really like, you know, sweet autumn level with, you know, A-dubs and Nikki Deloach, that is blazing inferno. <laughs> so I would say this one falls in the, in the sparks category. Okay. Uh, that would be for me. Well, it's funny because the the little girl, you know, the family's like watching them make out basically, <laughs> and the little girl just has this like gross look on her face. I thought it was a really a really nice touch because obviously she would have that on her face. Yeah, and I love that we get to see them like you know opening gifts together on Christmas morning, mm-hmm. and then you know they have uh, they give her the photo of you know the photo that they took at the at the um right before you know she dropped the the bombshell yep. on them 
And I thought, man, that would have been really funny if they would have given her the photo of when she told them that she wasn't their daughter. Yeah, they're like <laughs> shocked, looked on, looked on their faces, like frozen in time. They're saving that for her birthday next year. Yeah. That's what they're saving it for. And then, you know, cut to, they show all the stockings where she noticed before when she showed up. They each have like their own stockings on the mantle. Mm-hmm. And now they have a stocking for her. Which was very sweet. It was. Until um, you realize something. Yes, I realized. I was like, wait a minute. They don't have a stocking for Chris? Like this man, I mean, I don't know if they've said how many years it's been. I'm sure they have. You're usually good with the numbers in the movies. But I mean, he's been spending Christmases there for years. Was it seven or six? It's been a while. Yeah. And they haven't got a stocking for him? Like I feel like that was a little rude. Like, I feel like he's probably jealous now. He, he's holding some resentment seeing her name up there and not his. Well, there's a line that Richard says, oh, we've been trying to get rid of him for years. And now I'm wondering, is, was, he being, Have you? was he being serious? Have you? Um, so that I thought was kind of Come on, Richard. You're better than that, That Richard. Chris didn't have a stocking. And if he did and I missed it, I'm sorry. But I only saw I only saw the fa- other family members mm-hmm. there. But, but yeah, what a sweet, sweet, genuine, heartwarming christmas movie gives you all the feels uh it had you know just the right of romance that i that i could enjoy that little bit of the the part of the movie that i normally look for and a whole lot of technical that i could enjoy because we've had a few a few misses uh this season so very happy to see technical reigning supreme right now yep so definite rewatch for this one for sure yeah this is gonna be on our rotation yes absolutely and that was my christmas family tree which is the most important tree. Mm-hmm. As, as Richard says during his, his great speech that we have earlier in the film. Yes, another great line. Another great Richard talk. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this one. So thank you guys again for hanging in there with us while we get uh, these issues sorted out. We'll have one more this week for you all as well. And we have some, some coming up. Don't we have the big heavy hitters, the Thanksgiving heavy hitters coming up? Thanksgiving is coming up. But um, so there's definitely some that we absolutely want to review, yep. like that we're looking forward to. Um, but we'll we'll be putting out some polls also if we have time for some extra ones to see what you guys want to hear us review. So let us know if there's ones that we haven't done and you want us to do. We'll see if we can get to it. But right now we're looking at trying to do two uh, two a week. Yeah, with some uh, interviews thrown in here and there because we love talking to the people behind these films as well. Yes. So thanks again. Uh, this was a, a great, great, great film, yeah. and I had a lot of fun talking about it. I did too. So uh, also make sure, guys, to please keep uh, liking, subscribing, reviewing, rating, rating, messaging, messaging liking, you know, all you the know good the stuff. drill. You know the drill. So thank you all, and we'll see you next time. Yes. Thanks, guys.